Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. This episode is brought to you by our show sponsor, Organifi. If you're interested in hormonal health, I suggest you check out their Harmony Blend. It was specifically designed for PMS support to help balance out female hormones and to give you a little energy boost with the adaptogenic herbs that they use like Shatavari and maca. So it's a cacao and maca blend. I happen to love those two flavors together. So tasty. Uh, We also have ginger and turmeric added to the mix. So it's kind of like a spicy treat. Chase tree berries also featured, which is an herb that has been long shown to support female hormones. So I highly recommend that product. It's really tasty. You could also look into their gold powder, one of their best sellers. That's a turmeric ginger blend. Both are anti-inflammatory. And listen, menstruation, having a period is a naturally inflammatory process. And so if you're experiencing wonkiness during those times of the month, uh, it's not terribly uncommon, especially if you have underlying inflammatory stuff going on. It kind of just throws a little bit of gasoline on the fire. So doing anti-inflammatories during your period is a smart bet. Turmeric and ginger are two things that I highly recommend. Uh, This product, Gold, also has lemon balm and magnesium. Both of those are calming and soothing and can really, I mean, I drink it all the time, not just when I'm on my period, but it's a really good tool if you do have PMS symptoms. Both of these blends, the Harmony and the Gold, are great for post-meal sweet treats. You mix a little bit with either hot water. I personally like it with non-dairy milk. And uh, if you're somebody who has a sweet tooth, check them out. Head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk or use code funk to save you 20% on any of your orders. Hello, my friends. Happy New Year. This is part two of a three-part metabolic training where I am talking about all the ins and outs of blood sugar regulation and how to support your metabolic health. Today, we're going to talk about hypoglycemia, so the low blood sugar picture, which so many folks struggle with. I am specifically answering questions that folks submitted on Instagram. We're talking about why hypoglycemia happens, what to do if you wake up feeling stressed out or like a little anxious, um, 
in Hungary in the middle of the night at like the 3 a.m. mark. What the hell's going on and what can you do to prevent it? We're going to talk about the connection between your mood, like irritability, low patience, and blood sugar. That's one that a lot of folks are going to want to tune into. Um, we're going to talk about um, preventing hypoglycemia during exercising. And then finally, I'll answer a question. Do you think HRV is a good measure of metabolic health? So please listen in. And if you hear yourself in some of this stuff, if you're like, huh, this is me, then might I suggest signing up for the Carb Compatibility Project. I have, I would say, a pretty good track record of helping women get their energy back, lose their headaches, lose their fatigue, not have that hanger anymore. Um, kind of like an, an unknown thing is that um, the, the low energy, the fatigue picture, the headache picture, the irritability picture, the hanger picture, the anxiety picture, all of that really can stem back to hypoglycemia, uh, low blood sugar episodes. So if that's something that you struggle with, then definitely consider signing up for the CCP. It's an awesome nutrition plan, but we also go over a lot more um, lifestyle medicine. We've got movement practices in there. We have stress management practices. I'm going to teach you a very specific um, meditation that is um, shown to improve your immune function. I'm super excited about that. And I would just absolutely love to have you. So head over to my brand new website, The Functional spelled with a K, nutritionist.com forward slash CCP and get yourself signed up. Do you think HRV is a good measure of metabolic health? Um, so HRV stands for heart rate variability. And I've actually done a video here about HRV. So if you go into my IGTV, you can find it. So I'm not going to talk about that too much. I consider, I wouldn't say that HRV is a direct measurement of metabolic health. I think of HRV as a measurement of your overall stress response and stress resiliency. So how much of stress, how much stress is the body under and how is it coping with that stress? Like how's it dealing with that? How is it managing it? Um, but what we do know is that stress and metabolic health in blood sugar is very intimately connected. Um, one of the women, one of the RDs in the Functional Nutrition Academy, which is my practitioner training, um, her daughter is a type one diabetic. So she has to, um, she looks at her blood sugars every single day. And, and her mom told me that when she's stressed out, like when she's studying for a math test, when she's stressed out, her blood sugars go high. If you've ever done any CGM, continuous glucose monitor, um, you will see that. That was the biggest takeaway that I got from using a CGM for a couple of months is when I was under stress, my blood sugars went high. So there's a very intimate link between stress in blood sugars in metabolic health, but I wouldn't say that HRV is a is a like a direct measurement of metabolism or metabolic health. Okay, the next question. I love this one, and I this is a lot of you should listen up because I think this is a lot of us. What's the connection between irritability, low patience, and blood sugar drops? Ugh, so good. So the brain requires a pretty steady stream of glucose. Like unless you're existing off of ketones, the brain really needs fuel as glucose 
consistently. And so if blood sugar drops, that kind of rings the alarm bells in the brain, like, yikes, there's a problem, get me some fuel, stat. Um, so what happens is that we actually release adrenal hormones, uh, things like cortisol, uh, epinephrine, norepinephrine, and that helps us to break down glycogen. Because if we're not eating food, then we have to access glucose from somewhere. We have glucose put away in storage in the liver as glycogen. And so if when blood sugar drops low, these stress hormones, part of their job is to take glycogen and break it down and give us glucose. So the brain has fuel. But those hormones, you know what those hormones feel like. They make us feel irritable. They make us feel like we have low patience. They make us feel hangry, right? They make us feel like rage or anxiety. When somebody comes to me with anxiety or with headaches or with like mood issues, one of the very first places I start is by talking about blood sugar. It's so important. Um, we can also feel like heart palpitations, you know, like increased heart rate. So it's these hormones that are trying to get our brain fuel that are making us feel that way. So there is a very clear link between low blood sugar dips and kind of like mood stuff, feeling anxious and irritable. So the next question was, why does hypoglycemia happen? And there's a few different things that could be going on. Um, so let's talk about them. When we eat food, right? I talked about this a lot yesterday, but when we eat food, we're using some of that glucose for energy and then we're putting some away in storage. We put it away as glycogen. We can put it away into the muscles and into the liver, right? So we're storing that glucose because when blood sugar drops low, and this can happen when we're sleeping, this can happen in between meals, we need to access that glucose via glycogen. We have to break that down. Um, so it's a pretty great system, right? So we don't have to be like eating all of the time. We can access glucose through breaking down glycogen. A couple problems here. If we do not have enough glycogen stores, we can't really access, we can't break down glycogen for glucose. So we're gonna have low blood sugar. We're gonna have hypoglycemia. Why would this happen? Well, if you're not eating enough, you're not gonna have enough glycogen stores. And this could be inadvertent or this be, could because you're restricting calories or restricting food in, intake in order to lose weight. I just got off with a client a little while ago and she was like, I can't believe that I'm losing weight like this. I used to eat so much less than I'm eating right now and I'm eating more. My husband is like, how, like, how is this happening? And I, this is what I try to get across to people. Um, I, people tell me this all the time in the carb compatibility project. Like I've never eaten so much and yet I'm losing weight. It's not a weight loss plan. I'm not a weight loss nutritionist. It's not what I do. However, when you give the body what it needs, when you fuel your body appropriately, if you have weight to lose, you will lose it. This is why it's like so ass backwards where we're like restricting our food, food source in order to lose weight. Number one, we're not losing weight. Number two, we're hitting these hypoglycemia episodes and we're feeling like dog shit. So don't do it. Um, so that's one thing is like, if we're not eating enough, we're not going to have enough uh, glycogen stores. The other thing is if you have low adrenal hormones, because like I just said, part of accessing that glycogen is, is by uh, releasing stress hormones. So if you have low cortisol, this, this process isn't going to happen that much. Um, somebody asked like, if I have hypoglycemia or low blood sugar, do I have to eat every two to three hours? Is that real? And for some people, yes. If there's an adrenal component, if your hormones aren't uh, able to 
essentially access that glucose, if they're, if they're not abundant enough to help you out, then you're going to hit hypoglycemia episodes. So you're going to actually have to use your food to regulate your blood sugar. Um, and I see that quite often. Ultimately, what you want to do is make sure you're fueling your body appropriately and you're working on that stress response and you're doing things to de-escalate your stress and also increase your stress resiliency at the same time. So that's more of a short-term strategy. You don't have to do that forever and ever and ever. But if there's an adrenal uh, component or adrenal part of your hypoglycemia episodes, then you might actually have to eat every two to three hours uh, for a while. There's also reactive hypoglycemia, which is a little bit different. Uh, this is what we talked about yesterday. So when we eat food, when we eat glucose, uh, or eat food, glucose increases in the bloodstream, and then insulin comes out to essentially take glucose out of the bloodstream and put it away into the cells or into storage. Sometimes, if we're eating a... Um, if we're eating a diet that's high in refined carbohydrates, that's high in sugar, we'll really spike our blood sugar and then insulin will really get spiked as well. And sometimes that insulin overshoots and it will pull too much blood sugar, too much sugar out of the blood and then we can end up with reactive hypoglycemia. So low blood sugar in response to kind of overshooting the carbohydrate, um, the carbohydrate intake. So that's really why whether you have high blood sugar or low blood sugar, you really want to figure out your carbohydrate threshold and what makes you feel good without the high highs and the low lows. Um, next question, and this, these really all fit together, why do I wake up stressed and hungry at 3 a.m.? How do I prevent this? So you, you might know that feeling of like waking up between like 2 to 4 a.m. and you just kind of like your heart you just feel like your, um, your heart's racing. You wake up like, whoa, like out of nowhere, you might feel hungry or you're, you're, um, you might feel anxious or irritable. Your heart might be racing. That is more often than not, almost always hypoglycemia. That's due to low blood sugar. That's one of the primary reasons that people wake up at night is because they have low blood sugar episodes. So Ideally, in an ideal world, when we're fasting overnight, our bodies are just kind of like accessing glycogen, giving the brain glucose, like it's all happening behind the scenes without much problem. But if we don't have enough glycogen, like we just talked about, or we can't access it for some reason, maybe low adrenal hormones, if something's going on, then we actually have to um, activate a whole other process called gluconeogenesis which is like the new formation of glucose. And we don't do this by taking glycogen and breaking it down into glucose. We do this through completely different substrates. We build out new glucose with fats and proteins. And this requires adrenaline. And you know what adrenaline feels like in your body, right? So that's what's happening in the middle of the night. Um, and it shouldn't happen. In an ideal world, it's not happening. But if there's something going on where you're, you're just, you're, your metabolic health isn't on, you know, isn't super regulated throughout the course of the day, this can happen at night. And so you can wake up with nervousness, with anxiety, you might feel hungry. Um, sometimes eating can actually like calm down the brain enough so you can fall back asleep. So the question, the second part of the question was how do I prevent this? The most important thing to do is to regulate your blood sugar throughout the day. So make sure that you're eating enough during the day. Make sure you're eating in a pattern to regulate your blood sugar throughout the day. Um, uh, really working on stress, it's kind of like an obvious one, but if there's an adrenal component there to that hypoglycemia, then you really wanna to help to moderate your stress. 
um, working on sleep hygiene to kind of like down regulate yourself, staying away from artificial lights at night, staying away from screens, staying away from work, any like cortisol eliciting ac activity, anything that's going to stress you out at night, try to stay away from that. Um, sometimes for some people eating a bedtime snack can really help with those glycogen stores. So doing like a banana with some almond butter or peanut butter can be very, very helpful for people to stay asleep throughout the entire night. Um, for some people it has the opposite effect. So you kind of have to figure out what works best for you and your physiology and what's going on with your body. But really that's, that's the kind of how you prevent it. It's like, how are you living your life during the day? That's really going to impact how you sleep at night. And then the final question that I'll get to right now is, can you drink a protein shake during workouts to prevent hypoglycemia while exercising? And my, my answer is like, yeah, but the more important question is, why are you hitting hypoglycemic episodes during your workout? Because if that's the case, um, I would say we got to take a step back and we have to ask, like, are you not eating enough? Just in, are you not fueling your workouts appropriately? Are you not eating enough in general? Do you have low adrenal hormones? Are you pushing yourself too hard? Those would be, if you're feeling hypoglycemic during exercise, those would be the real three questions. It's not so much like, can I drink a protein shake? It's like, whoa, 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 what's happening in and around the workout to make you feel like this during the workout? So I would definitely recommend listening to episode 54 of the Functional Nutrition Podcast, how to fuel HIT training, HIT training. Um, and then number 72, I talked about exercising with adrenal fatigue and cortisol dysregulation. So I would recommend listening to that too to see if that kind of fits, fits your bill. Anyway, those are all of the questions that came in about low blood sugar, hypoglycemia. I hope that was helpful. Next, I'm coming back with part three where I will round this all out with the rest of your questions about like continuous glucose monitors and um, kind of like what to do, how to balance all of this out. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.